0: to John, Jesus went across the Sea of Galilee. A large crowd followed him, because they saw the signs he was performing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. The Jewish feast of Passover was near. When Jesus raised his eyes and saw that a large crowd was coming to him, he said to Philip, Where can we buy enough food for them to eat? He said this to test him, because he knew himself what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Two hundred days' wages worth of food would not be enough for each of them to have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what good are these for so many? Jesus said, have the people Now There was a great deal of grass in that place. So the men reclined about 5,000 in number. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed them to those who were reclining, and also as much of the fish as they wanted. When they had had their fill, he said to his disciples, Gather the fragments left over, so that nothing will be wasted. So they collected them and filled twelve wicker baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves that had been more than they could eat. When the people saw the sign he had done, they said, This is truly the prophet, the one who is to come into the world. Since Jesus knew that they were going to come and carry him off to make him king, he withdrew again. To the mountain alone. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: If you've been paying attention to the gospel over these past few weeks, you might recognize that we just took a slight detour. Instead of continuing in the Gospel of Mark, we are beginning as Catholics and embarking on our Eucharistic retreat that we are privileged to enjoy so often during the summertime. Today we've entered the sixth chapter of John. And over the upcoming weeks, we will proceed to examine what it means for us to be a Eucharistic people. So often over the course of our lives, and especially during these past years of COVID, we can lose sight of what Eucharist truly is for our church. We've just come from a time of live-streamed masses and internet prayers back into the midst of a community of faith. Instead of being gathered around our TV in our living room where we watch sports and our favorite films, we gather now as a family around the altar to join in the sacrifice of Jesus to the Father. Instead of making spiritual acts of communion, we now allow ourselves to be fed physically by our Lord, by the very bread from heaven. We allow ourselves to be transformed by his word in the Holy Scriptures and sent forth by his Holy Spirit. There's the saying that the Eucharist makes the church. And over the course of these next few weeks, we're going to witness the greatest gift that Christ could give us in a deeper way. The gift of his very self. Jesus, of course, in our gospel, has withdrawn from the work he has been doing of healing the sick, and he's gone up the mountain to rest and spend time with his disciples. It's of interest to note that Jesus has gone up the mountain. Mountains are the same reason why our churches have steeples. They are the same reason why we have a beautiful new mural that's in the apse of our church. They're the reason for a beautiful vesture for the clergy, They're the same reason that traditionally churches, and more specifically sanctuaries, the area where the altar and the ambo are located, have steps to climb up to get into them. Whenever we go to the heights of the mountain so that we might draw near to the Lord. People across history have climbed upward, they've looked upward, they've reached upward to encounter God. Our liturgies are meant to draw us as a community of faith upward toward the transcendental reality that we find in heaven. The whole reason for beauty, the whole reason that our churches are so tall that we have height, is to remind us of the immense majesty, the grandeur of God. What we see when we pray helps us to reflect well and to enter into what we celebrate. So Jesus has gone up the mountain. He's gone up to be near his father, to spend some time in prayer, in conversation with God. He's gone away from distraction to a place of beauty, to a place of peace. But while they are up there on the mountain, the crowd begins to gather. As John says, Jesus raised his eyes and saw that a large crowd was coming to him. Can you imagine what it must have been like for Jesus and the Twelve, who simply wanted to rest? Simply wanted time to pray, to retreat away from all that they had been busy doing, but then they saw that their work was not yet complete. Surely they must have been tired. You can kind of imagine that sigh, here we go again. But the day is coming to a close, And the people who are gathering are hungry, so Jesus decides to provide for them and give them a foretaste of what he is going to give them in the future, a foretaste of what is to come. Andrew gathers the five loaves and the two fish from the small boy's lunch, and he gives them to the Lord, who gives thanks to God for them, and then proceeds to distribute those to the people. The small portions that are present are multiplied by the hands of Jesus. And they are able to be shared and everyone is fed in abundance. Whenever the Lord takes what we have to offer him in thanksgiving, he always multiplies that. He always makes it bigger and greater than anything we could give him. But the important thing is that we are giving him the best that we have. He always, his grace always pours forth in abundance. His light, his life, his joy become tangibly present whenever we give thanks to God. You might notice on Sundays, I think I've only celebrated two Sunday Masses with you all, but I always use the Eucharistic Prayer 1, what we call the Roman Canon. It's the Eucharistic Prayer that the church has prayed for centuries. It's one of the oldest. Some people might call it a really long prayer. And while it's definitely not as short as Eucharistic Prayer 2, It has several defining features which help us to reflect upon the Eucharist, especially in light of today's gospel. If you remember when Jesus saw the crowds coming, he lifted his eyes up and he saw them. As Jesus healed the sick, as he laid hands, he often lifted up his eyes to heaven as he groaned and healed them, as he prayed over them. As Jesus hung upon the cross, he lifted up his eyes to the Father. Looking up very soon in our newly renovated church and seeing the glory of the heavens will aid our prayer for years to come as we as a community of faith are able to look up and to see some small foretaste of that beauty of God. As the priest begins to pray the Roman canon, the Eucharistic Prayer 1, and reaches the words of institution, he prays, Looking up to heaven to you, O God, his Almighty Father, giving you thanks. And there's a piece that you all don't get to see. It's only the priest and sometimes the deacon if he's looking close enough. Because it's in really small font and it's in red. But it instructs the priest to look upwards. As he says, look with eyes raised to heaven, looking up to you, O God, his Almighty Father. The priest is instructed to look up to God. To look up as we offer thanks. Just as Christ looked up and gave thanks to the Father at the Last Supper... Just as Christ looked up and gave thanks for the people, gave thanks for the small amount of food that had been shared by the small boy before he multiplied it in our gospel. The priest, just as we, are invited to look up as we offer thanks on behalf of our community for the gifts that we have offered. So a question for you. When was the last time that you looked up? When was the last time that you looked up at the homeless person on the side of the road instead of doing what we find is so easy to do by looking down, not meeting their eyesight, looking away? When was the last time that you got down on the crowd, got down on the ground as you encountered a small child, maybe to correct them, maybe just to talk to them, got down on their level and looked up into their eyes instead of looking down upon them? When was the last time that you simply looked up at the starry night sky and gave thanks to God for the beauty of his creation? We spend most of our lives these days looking down at our phones, our tablets, and devices instead of looking up, instead of letting our hearts be filled with compassion for those who are in need within our midst. We spend our time looking down on those who do wrong instead of lifting them up and helping them to look upward into the joys of a life spent following Jesus Christ. As our introit for Mass that we chanted this evening said, God is in his holy place. God who unites those who dwell in his house, he himself will give power and strength to his people. God wishes for us, He wishes for you and I to look up. He wishes for us to gaze upon his face, to gaze upon his son on the cross, to gaze upon the wonders of what God can do when we offer him all that we have in a gift of thanksgiving. His power, his strength is truly made present to us as we gather and dwell in his house, as we look upward, To invite others to look upward, to see him give himself completely for us out of love, hidden under the simple forms of bread and of wine. So today, my brothers and sisters, I invite you to look up, join as we as a community of faith give thanks to God for what he has given us, and marvel at the miracle at the abundance of his love and his presence that will take place in but a few moments within our midst. As Jesus himself breaks the bread, shares the chalice of wine, gives of himself his body and blood to us in Holy Communion. He created you in love so that you might have the courage to live not looking down, but looking up, offering up, praying upward to him. So today give thanks As you offer what you have to God, who multiplies and provides in abundance. So today, look up.